Hello, everybody. Welcome to Sports Beef. That's right. The bad boys of sports podcasting are back. <laughs> are we bad boys, Jeff? I don't know. Uh, we're back anyway. Uh, yeah, must try harder. Must try. They were the worst lads in the class. Uh, I suppose an apology is in order for our first uh, first show in six weeks, Jeff. Um, fortunately, uh, honeymoons and Jeff moving to yet another country. Um, yeah, yeah, they interrupt the flow of things. Real life. Let's put it. Let's class it under real life. Getting in the way. Yeah, that'll happen. That'll happen. How is how is Denmark, Jeffrey? Denmark is uh, fine. Unbelievably expensive. Like we're we talking about twelve. Euros for Burger King meal. Weather is very Irish, uh, so there's, there's nothing. <laughs> I'm not really selling it here. But uh, apart from that, everything works. The metro runs really well. Nobody gets it because everybody cycles. People are very nice. All in all, it's just uh, it's kind of reassuringly dull at the minute. I would say that. I would say dull. I don't in the, in the nicest possible way. Dull. It is sports beef recce. To see FC Copenhagen uh, last week, nice stadium. If anyone watched when Ireland were playing Denmark in the, in the World Cup qualifiers the playoffs, it was the Danish home stadium. I recommend. I recommend it as a visit. Plenty to see and do, but I just haven't done any of it yet. I feel like I've actually done it. I love it. I feel like we've got to add the nation of Denmark to the list of people we're apologising to uh, at the beginning of the show. <laughs> <laughs> for that yeah. le- less than full-throated endorsement of your new home. <laughs> yeah. On the same, on the travel, uh, on the same kind of travel vibe, uh, we can add the city, your home city of Waterford to the S- Sports Beef Stag Party Travel Guide, Jeff. We're both just back from a weekend in Waterford. Uh, I'm giving it the two thumbs up as a stag location. Yeah. Uh, lots, to, lots to see and do. We got fantastic weather. A uh, load of good pubs, bars, nightclubs. Yeah, it's just uh, it's ticking a lot of boxes. Yeah, it's uh, it's uh, Ireland's hidden gem. <laughs> Think, uh, Man's Galway, city and county. <laughs> Shout out to Ian from our long-standing supporters, the uh, Waterford Beer Tours. Who, uh, we fi- I finally got to go on a Waterford beer tour and uh, thoroughly enjoyed it. Yeah. I knew I would. So we have, at, we're now up, uh, I don't know, every, everybody was there was treated to the sports piece discounts. It's much appreciated. Um, and uh, good to see, good to, as you know, as two, two men who've soldiered in the AML game, it was good to see the source of funds, source of wealth. For the for sports beef's most illustrious and long long lasting sponsor, <laughs> up close and personal. Um, EDD. Well, that's a niche joke. That's a that's one for the niche <laughs> listeners. Uh, <laughs> Jeff, guess who's back? Magical European nights at Anfield. That's that's that that's what's back. Yeah, they sure are. It sure are, yeah, yeah. So, uh, watched the last night, I mean, what I thought was Danish TV, but um, I think it's Swedish because I watched an ad and they said, uh, I think it said McDonald's is Sweden's favourite restaurant. So, it must have been Swedish TV I was watching it on. So, um, yeah, it was what Mo Salah is just, I don't know, what can you say about him? 
we're not going to sports beefs <laughs> soccer knowledge is not going to add anything huge to the to the, the canon of uh, praise for Mo Salah but it just makes it look so easy he's like he's like when you're playing a mate who's really good at FIFA or Pro Evo or whatever he just makes it look easy yeah I'm I'm on the record several times on this show saying certainly as as far as the Champions League is 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 uh, concerned, you don't need to pay attention until after until we get deep into the knockout stages. But um, this run that Liverpool are on, um, you know the two Man City games and and this first leg against Roma, it really is it's there there's romance in this in the old dog yet. So um, and on on yeah. on Mo Salah. Um, one piece you sent me while I was away on holiday uh, by Dion Fanning in on on Joe. Totally restoring my faith in both sports journalism and rekindling my interest in football, like in one in one fell swoop. Like a yeah. fantastic piece about uh, himself, his relationship with his son, and how Mo Salah has like. Planted the seed in in his son's mind about about loving football essentially. So, and he's watching watching his own life play out again, basically. Uh, yeah. Class, absolutely class. Yeah, I think I think the thing about Salah, I know comparisons are off, but he he is on on this season. You could say he's in the he's in the Messi Ronaldo sort of category for the impact he's had during the season, but he's not poisoned by the stupid fanboys of both those players who can't appreciate the other players' greatness and can only appreciate their own players' greatness because so he's standalone this season he's just amazing and he just he, he doesn't there's no there's no rivalry poisoning, poisoning it as yet so yeah. but long may that continue but um, yeah. actually I saw one tweet on uh, one tweet um, saying exactly that point it was like Mo Salah, where have you been all my life? And I'm a Stoke fan, so it was like exactly <laughs> everybody is appreciating this kind of wonder season. Forty three goals, I think, in 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 this season for Liverpool. It's four off equaling Ian Rush's single season club record. Yeah, um, and that was uh, Jesus. What a, how many how many clubs were in the first division then? Yeah, yeah. I think 103. I, I, I could be wrong there. But no, yeah, no, there was at least twenty-four anyway. <laughs> um, quote of the night: It's a toss-up between Glenn Hoddle um, on commentary talking about the crowd, how loud the crowd were uh, at a hand for a handball appeal, and he literally said that has to be the loudest handball appeal of the season. He gave, he invented invented and gave out an award on commentary in the second half, and yeah. I nearly fucking threw my, took off my shoe and threw it at the TV like it was just horrendous stuff, horrendous stuff. Um, yeah. But I think I'd give it to Gary Lineker when he said in halftime that Muhammad had too much for Jesus during his, <laughs> in reference to Mo Salah's Mo, Mo Salah's first half performance. People know when they're being people know when they're being gammon baited. Maybe that's what. Uh, yeah, yeah. He was he was trying to hook some gammon with that. <laughs> <I think. laughs> 
Oh, fantastic. You know, if I get distracted here, just I have the Bayern Real Madrid game on. Um, uh, it's, it's in German, but I have it on, on, on mute. Uh, it's on... Jeff, yeah. Jeff you, one of the, if, you're, if you want to be a bad boy of sports podcasting, you don't apologize for having a football match on in the background. That's true. You just That's do true. it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you just do it. Um, Arsene Wenger, Jeff, just keep it on football. Is there a good way slash time to leave a job you've had for 22 years? <laughs> <laughs> well, if you're Fergie, just win the league and realise that your team is absolutely terrible and walk away. Give it, give it the old... Old Bertie Earn Brian Cowan trick. Yeah, but Fergie yeah, tried to top. leave like tried to leave like six times basically, didn't he? Like he retired one time and then he was like, Oh no, like I don't know. Fergie basically yeah. went until he dropped. Yeah. Well he but he won the he won the league his last season, but like so Finger has someone someone put put kinda put the inflection point as when they lost that Champions League final in 06. Yeah. I think he was about ten years into his reign then. And then it was but they won three FA Cups in the meantime but if you compare it to the previous 10 years it wasn't it was nothing but uh, yeah he probably he, he went four years too late five years too late maybe I've, um, heard, I've heard this 2006 FA Cup theory or 2006 Champions League theory as well nobody quits on a loss you just got to the final it's like yeah, yeah I'm going to take this no, team no, to the no, fi- one's, <laughs> no one's saying he's going to he's going to quit then but the right was on the wall for the last few years and like there was a couple of years where it was you know there was Clemens calling from the go but then he, he never improved after that so then you're kind of thinking oh, you know maybe just walk away mm-hmm. because his, his legacy has been sullied somewhat um, um, by, by the last five years I guess, anyway uh, might, for me for me for me for me that that's, that'll probably hurt him the most. <laughs> yeah. Um, Brendan Rodgers, one of the one of the favourites, apparently from to to succeed um, Arsene Wenger at Arsenal. Um, I, I'm, I'm I'll immediately become disinterested in football again if Brendan Rodgers, Brendan Rodgers gets that job, because surely we have enough of a sample size. You through the four episodes of being Liverpool to understand that Brendan Rodgers is an utter, utter douchebag and shouldn't be doing <laughs> allowed near a top fight football club again. Yeah, I think, I think, like, even winning the league, however many times he won it with Celtic, just it's, it's nearly, it's nearly, uh, it's nearly a black mark against you. I mean, like, what, what else can he do? He can only win the league there, that's that's the bare minimum. That's that's what he's done over and over again. Um, so I think you know when he when he given given the situation Scottish football is a menace, it's nearly a poison chalice to Man Celtic. You just well you go go well, like what what you have to show for? Well, I won the league every year. Well, I back myself to win the league maybe one out of three years, and I don't have all my FIFA badges done. I'm my UEFA badges. Yeah. Sports beef. Believe.
the cynics and the skeptics. I'm sorry for you. I'm sorry you can't dream big, and I'm sorry you don't believe in miracles. It's completely fabricated, complete trash garbage. The cynics and the skeptics. Trash garbage. You should believe in these athletes and you should believe in these people. Believe. Switching gears slightly, Jeff, just uh, on, on the rugby front. Um, I want to talk just before we get into Champions Cup. Uh, some big Leinster personnel moves that have been announced this week or, or that, are, that are coming our way shortly. Um, before I get into it, I want to wrap this around as a theory. I think there's an anti-ginger agenda at Leinster. So, first of all, right, it started, let me take you back two years ago, with inexplicable pro rugby player and burrito kingpin Dara Fanning was jettisoned in 2016. <laughs> Yeah, that news was followed up this week with the with the news uh, that Kyle Marsh and Patter Timmons will leave the squad at the end of the season. Both notice notice noticeably flame haired, and yeah. Leo Cullen tried to sneak that news in, tried to make it that we wouldn't notice it by sneaking it in with the announcements of the retirements of Rickard Strauss and Ethan Asiwa. Um, so I think if you're James Tracy right now. You've got to be scheduling regular appointments with a hairdresser to continue the dye jobs because he's the only ginge left in the Leinster squad and uh, there's definitely an agenda. So you heard it here here first. So is Leo Cullen kind of a self-hating, strawberry blonde, ginger type person? Wow, that's, uh, that's one angle. That's one angle. Then we should be we should be throwing like da- the Dan Levies and the Sean Cronins into the, into this mix as well as as at risk individuals. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> definitely. Um, it's, so, if Ross Byrne or Joey Carberry, who is the more ginger? I, well, obviously Joey Carberry is not ginger in any way. Maybe Ross Byrne, but uh, probably probably maybe grows a ginger tash, maybe. Well, Ross Byrne, I think, is Ross Byrne is genetically Irish, so therefore he's definitely more ginger. I think that's. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, he play he plays more gingerly than. <laughs> <Harvey>. <laughs> so this is the news. Uh, the big news this week being that David Nusafora has apparently given Leo Cullen a ultimatum or a choice between Ross Byrne and Joey Carberry with the. One deemed surplus two requirements to uh, head to Ulster to fill their glaring fly half need. Something we've uh, discussed previously on this show, actually. That's how. Um, well, Crazy as we are, you gotta. Yeah. It's like the level you're operating at if you listen to sports piece. <laughs> um. It's got to be uh, it's got to be Joey Carberry, right? I think Drico said he'd get rid of Ross Byrne, but. Uh, Joey Carberry has to be the one to to go. Um, if you're Joe Schmidt and you have a say in the matter, what's the point in 
having your one and two out halves at the same club. Like, they're both going to be absent at the same time. When the big games come around, the number one's going to play at the club as well. So, yeah, Carberry has to go somewhere else, surely. Yeah, I think, I think, yeah, it's a, it's a Carberry also because at, for for the exact points you've made and um, the or if you call the tune on this one, um, I think just uh, even giving them the choice is was it was a bit is a bit much. I think they should have just said, listen, you got to he's got to go. Um, Carberry's got to go to to uh, to Ulster because as he said. They, if they're both, if, if they're both national one, if they're both national sex and him are both national one and two, then everything overlaps. The times, the, the playing time, everything. So yeah, it's just uh, it's got to be Carberry. So I hope it is. Cullen doesn't get a choice because if, if Cullen asks, then he's obviously going to say, well, I mean, it's not that obvious, but it's probably more likely that he keep Carberry. But Ross Byrne is a good player; like he does not. He's not. Uh, it's not a bogey prize for anyone who ends up with Ross Byrne. Yeah. So here's a an outside shot. We make it a three way trade. <laughs> okay. Right. I'm just. I'm just really glad you said. You said trade after that. <laughs> <laughs> you send Joey Carberry to Munster. Monster cult hero Ian Keatley goes to Ulster and yeah. becomes the Puts first the fucking franchise on his back. Yes, he's got the he's got the arse for it. He's got the back for it, um, and he he get, then gets to play for all four professional teams in Ireland. Yeah, that, that's it. he gets he gets to he gets to wear specially made harlequins type jersey, <laughs> blue blue white red and green. I think that's the next chapter in the in the. The amazing story of Monster Cult hero Ian Keatley. Ian Keatley redemption story from booze to booze, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe he hits the drink. I don't know. I just put his pants out. Yeah, that that arse didn't come all in the weight room anyway. That's for sure. No, no, no. <laughs> um. But yeah, interesting to see. I wonder where Joey Carberry fits on the central contract uh, hierarchy, and whether that's a that's always a weapon that the IRFU have. It's right. It's like right, Joey. I know uh, it's ultimately the player's choice, but you go play in Ulster, and there's a sweet central contract waiting for you, where that's worth like yeah forty yeah. percent on your Leinster deal or whatever. So yeah, oh, they got it. They got a sweet deal. Robbie Henshaw and Keith Earl's recovery times. <laughs> Boom. Yeah, yeah. A little, a little, a little bonus one. A little bonus one coming from the complete opposite side of um, what's the, what's what's the phrase when you just see things that you, you that back up your your own pre, preconceived notions. Um, Bias, isn't it? Unconscious anyway, bias. Anyway, Conscious bias, or something like that. But um, just add a little bonus one would be Sean O'Brien's 
another season end- ending injury for Sean O'Brien. Oh, that doesn't even make you go hmm anymore. That's just like that's just the way it is. <laughs> yeah. I, that is just the way it is. I was not the least bit interested in that news when it it did not. I had I I, I had literally no reaction to it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just uh, it's 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 the years ending in a fucking even number. You're going you're going to get that one. Yeah. But here's just another maybe little bonus one was. Conor Murray, I think it's against it's against Scotland. His leg gets mangled. Yes, yeah. And uh, he's done. And he's he's been heavily strapped ever since. But maybe maybe, maybe he goes for surgery or something um, in the off season. But <laughs> like his leg looked absolutely destroyed. And in fairness to me, he played on that. I think he kicked he kicked the goal after that. But um, it doesn't seem to have got anything done with it. But it's been really heavily strapped ever since. So. You wonder what's keeping him going because it was a big revelation during the week. James O'Connor, he's kind of like uh, the rugby version of a sports beef. He's a bit of a bad boy. Um, <laughs> yeah, too much too soon, maybe. Like ourselves. <laughs> but um, he, <laughs> he, uh, he's, he's admit well, not admitted to, he just happened to pass, just said it in passing when he was talking about his own struggles with injury and stuff, that he was self-injecting painkillers into his ankle. Now, if lads are, if a fellas are willing to say, now he's not the fucking sharpest tool in the shed, I'd say, but willing to say that they're self-injecting, they're actively injecting substances into their own body, like, what the fuck, like, what's going on? Indeed. Stay woke. Stay woke on that. Uh, one thing that we need to check in on is whatever happened to that investigation of that, of Toulon's relationship with that local pharmacy? Uh, <laughs> that would that were very quiet. I'm gonna get. I'm gonna yeah. get to googling. I'm gonna get to googling that bad boy. Yeah, I think you should get onto the gendarmerie of fucking one <laughs> or Occitan or wherever the fuck you're from, or the police local whatever, and just say what's going on, boys. Or the investigative magistrature, or whatever. Have the fuck in France. Okay, uh, let's not go too far down that rabbit hole of the makeup of the French police. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Okay, we've dodged uh, we've dodged this one for long enough, Jeff. Champions Cup semi-finals, mixed bag for the Irish teams. Leinster thirty-eight sixteen winners against Scarlets. Racing uh, twenty-seven, Munster twenty-two in Bordeaux in the second semi. It is so. It is Tipperary's Donica Ryan versus Leinster. So it's partially a Munster Leinster final, but uh, in the more yeah. in the more actual sense, it's not. <laughs> No, it's not. Uh, I'm going to let you speak about these because, uh, and I'll just give you a hot take because I saw, oh, that was a filthy fucking take. Um, I've seen neither, neither game uh, due to family commitments. What? But I, just, I, 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 listened, I listened to the Munster game on the radio. We watched the Leinster game in a pub on the stag. Where were you for that? I was at home. I was there. Uh, putting in some FaceTime at home while, while everyone else was stag drinking. Wow, that's, that passed me by. Um, not really much to say about the Leinster yeah. game. For... It was, it was, you couldn't hear someone roundly booing Fergus, Fergus McFadden every time he got the ball. Maybe you couldn't hear it over your own booing. Exactly. I couldn't hear it over my own shout. So there was a guy on the stag whose sister... Wait a minute, let me get this right. 
Oh, I think Fergus McFadden might be married to his sister-in-law. Oh, that might be wrong. Anyway, so the star- uh, his brother is married to Fergus McFadden's sister. Yes, that's what it is. So that's, that's what it is. That's what <laughs> the stag let me know anyway because he was fully the stag knowing me was like I know he's going to abuse Fergus McFadden. So just to, he just marked my card basically saying this is the situation. There's like a partial relative in the room. Uh, so I just uh, I took I took the bull by the horns and went straight over to him and said, "Listen, I think your brother's brother-in-law is a fucking shit player, basically." <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, just, just alpha him, alpha him the room. <laughs> no, I said, "Listen, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be saying this stuff." And then I think I, I think I had him turn around by the end of the uh, by the end of the game. Yeah, otherwise. Um... So who's who of people who are friends with um, debatable pro professional rugby players? Is it friends of Dennis Hurley's were there? Um, (laughs) 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 People people who inexplicably have winning cup winners medals. Yeah, wow. Um, There was just my favourite Fergus McFadden moment. Um, He failed to finish an overlap move that I want to say, ninety nine out of a hundred professional wingers would would have would have romped home to score through nothing but a, a, a lack of pace. That's uh, that's that was it. It required Leinster two extra phases to score a try when they should have Ferg should have finished it off. Uh, other than that, pretty dumb. I, I don't want to go all in on him here, but like I, I don't want to go all in on him. But the, just the, in the week in the lead up in the lead up to the game. Um, or after the semi-final or the quarter-final last week or whatever Barry Kinsla he's a gift moister he's always put up the gifts and stuff and he put this thing up and it was like oh look at um, basically Scarlet's were attacking and uh, McFadden kind of got bounced off attacker but then got back in and made the tackle then a couple of seconds later and McFadden says or uh, Kinsla said something like uh, a pinball intensity there from McFadden and then <clears throat> Ian Madigan replied underneath going oh yeah he's a hero or whatever he's the glue that put Leinster together and I just thought gluey pinball would just be a great name for him <laughs> it just, just so pinball pin, pinball intensity like the, the I don't know if it was pinball intensity but it was like pinball like nature but the the pinball the analogy only standing up because he got bounced off a tackle. <laughs> like it's yes, just, right. just <laughs> so get the fuck out of here. Like what the <laughs> anyway. Here's an idea: make the fucking first tackle, don't bounce off it, and uh, just be just be regular, <laughs> yeah. intense. Just be glue, not pinball glue or pinball gluey pinball. Um, otherwise, a, a a pretty much a non-contest on Saturday's game for Leinster. Munster, on the other hand, eesh, eesh, yikes. Um, I would have frankly paid any money to been in Frano's living room or in his Twitter DMs for the first 20 minutes of the game when <laughs> Teddy Thomas scored two tries and gifted a third yeah. to Maxi Machino. Yeah, yeah. I did see the pass back to Machino over the third one. Which 
Frano, which would have vindicated Frano if it had gone horribly wrong. Not vi- well, it would have vindicated him, but it would have, he, he would have felt a sense of vindication. Yeah, he must um, have been just like hiding behind his couch, basically. He certainly, definitely threw his phone in the bin or in the fire or something. He's <laughs> the online abuse. I can I can only imagine. I can only imagine what it was. <laughs> I think it's ingrained. I want to say separate league reasons, cynicism when it comes to players like Teddy Thomas. Probably mean he was he wasn't affected one bit by it. <laughs> we can dream. But um, a monster just like like first up tackles, passing and execution at the line out. Um, Wooden, man, he doesn't have it at this level. Uh, yeah. Leaving out, leaving out Simon Zebo out of the starting lineup looks looks unwise at this, at, you know, in hindsight. Yeah. Uh, poor old Keats, who has definitely reached cult hero status this week pick, pick this year pick, picked a bad week to have his worst game of the year um, fuck it they got they got beat all ends up and the weird thing is if the game was going on five minutes longer they probably would have won it but um, as as Keith Earls pointed out this week so I think this is a, I think this is a monster team that's just found its level like it is yeah it's not an it's not an elite European team it's, it doesn't have enough to win a Champions Cup but it's not going to disgrace anybody either, as a, no. se- a semi-final appearance kind of shows. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's kind of been there. It's, it's kind of um, it's kind of monsters level, really, isn't it? For the past ten years, really. Um, I, 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 that's as good as I get to get the semi-final. Got the semi-final a few years ago against Clermont Devon. Be a decent chance of winning that one. Uh, Rogers' last match in Europe, I think. Um, Saras- Saracens yeah, last year. Kind of. Yeah, yeah. But um, you know, like you're eventually going to come up against a really good team, um, and they've had a bit of bad luck with the way or the look of the draw. Jeff, uh, Ulster Rugby is maintaining a ban on news journalists at uh, at their press conferences. Um, so, this is where we sweep it or sweep it. <laughs> no, it's um, it's fans with typewriters only or FWTs at, at Ulster pressers. So, they basically say, and I just have the statement here. Ulster Rugby is contractually obliged by tournament organisers to deliver, to deliver a match week press conference that provides sports journalists with an opportunity to interview a coach and players regarding that week's fixture. As previously stated, the conduct of news journalists at a recent press conference negatively impacted our ability to deliver a meaningful event that focused on rugby content. So all media outlets are welcome to send staff who would regularly cover our press conferences and matches as they have done in the past. So it's basically all only the rugby journalist nerds um, uh, allowed. And anybody who wants to ask about the Paddy Jackson Stuart Olding rape trial, 
and Ulster and Irish Rugby's reaction to it, terminating their their contracts, um, can uh, can go run and jump basically. Now, coaches and players may not have the skill to deal with questions that emanate from the from the trial, and and maybe don't want to be put in that situation where they have to speak publicly about it. Yeah. Um, but it's not a great PR result that they're. Uh, that they're being so insular about it, especially when there's, it can't have escaped them that there's a fucking national debate and discussion being kicked off. Yeah. And, and they have a role to play in in that. Yeah, and so the, the, it's kind of a question out of ignorance. So they haven't, they haven't made like someone from uh, front office or PR or something available to talk about the issues around the termination of their contracts. It was just a statement. It was solely a, state, a joint statement from the RFU was issued. Also, uh, rugby and the RFU, and that was that was it. And then I wouldn't call them counter statements, but responding responding statements from Jackson and Olin. That's that's been the height of it. That's my understanding. Yeah, I thought there was a press conference with our our uh, opportunity to speak to the CEO, but um... yeah, well, I don't. Yeah, well, I I don't think. I don't know. Coaches are always going to have the answers. Or, well, I don't. I think it's probably unfair to talk to ask fellow players about contractual issues because you could make the argument that this is solely a contractual issue um, at this stage. But obviously, there's wider social issues to it as well. But I, I would understand why you'd want to protect players from that. Um, but uh, I think should be probably a bit more open and, and to to. Uh, Questions are uh, they, they kind of there's, there's a similar thing going on in boxing at the minute. Um, one of the uh, big uh, promoters, MKT, MTK, MKT, one of them. One of them, anyway. It's the one. It's basically the one that had to rebrand after associations with with Kin, the Kinan group or gang and. Uh, they have banned all Republic of Ireland um, journalists from covering their events. She curiously partitions to you to take, given that boxing in Ireland is always but on a 32 county basis. But there you go. So it's, it's like, you know, sporting organisations have a certain amount of power in this, but it's probably the, 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 boxing, the boxing ban is probably more of a a blanket ban on all journalists from the public so it makes less less sense when you when you talk about a, a, a sport that relies on promotion so heavily yeah that like I, I actually tweeted when I when that first emerged um, that story I actually tweeted out about it being a head in the sand tactics it's like you need the you need the sports media. To, you're a boxing promoter. You have to exploit the media to promote your product. You can't do it in a vacuum. Um, admittedly, you can. You have more of an ability to do it with social media and stuff like that. But st- boxing fans still want to read professional journalism on their sport. It's uh, it can't yeah. all be done through through self promotion, and yeah. it's complete head in the sand tactics like. Your organization has a questionable, questionable origins. So, yeah, tough shit. That's your fucking lot in life. Like you, you find yeah. it. 
find a constructive way to talk about it <laughs> or or else but particularly, particularly when you think I think like in fairness the Irish media has done a lot of good for Paddy Barnes in particular um, who's affected by this band and I think Michael Conlon is too but it, like the, those two lads got like not that they shouldn't they were good characters and they were brilliant boxers and they represented Ireland great really well but you know, they got a they got a soft soft enough time from from Irish journalists and then obviously when there was questions asked about MGM or whatever the gym and Marbet Bay and all that kind of stuff they were Jesus they were they uh, they just they they, uh, they 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 swallowed the party line from the promoters pretty quickly like so a bit disappointing yeah well they got the well they they kind of felt the other side of the the media coin right they they got the yeah. they got the criticism that maybe wasn't as forthcoming when they're in the elite the elite amateur squad. Um, hey, that's all we got time for on this week's episode of Sports Beef. Um, don't forget to hit us up on Twitter at Sports Beef Pod. Uh, we're on Instagram at Sports Beef Pod, SportsBeef.net. Check it out for all of our sounds and mixes, and it's the host of our blog. Um, yeah, ha- delighted to be back. Uh, hope you enjoyed the show. Apologies again for the uh, the absence. I was in Southeast Asia on my honeymoon. Had to bring the wife, so it didn't look dodge. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's kind of kind of laughing professionalism, Bill. I just want to comment on the kind of level of professionalism I bring. I didn't make any noise when Byron got a, a nice little goal there to go one 0 up <laughs> about ten minutes ago. Your bad boy status of sports podcasting is teetering on the brink, Jeff. Okay, thanks for listening, guys. Take it easy. Good luck. Meek Mill's Wikipedia is extremely confusing. Yes. Because he gets arrested for shit constantly. And you don't know which one is like the unjust fucking one, or is it was that the first one and then all the parole violations? Like it's very confusing. But, um, I believe yeah. it is. I believe it is the first one is dodgy. Uh, there was some dodgy cops, and uh, there's a there's an assault, and uh, yeah, I think it's the first one that's dodgy, and it all ends up with him doing an Instagram post with uh, Robert Kraft about to get onto Robert Kraft's private jet. So because there is a sports a sports angle on Meek Meek Mill, like a lot of professional sports players are talking about him when he got out. He got out of jail the other day. The first thing he did was to. 76ers or whatever the basketball team in Philly invited him to be courtside and to ring the bell and introduce the team or whatever the fuck they do 